Wonder how that woman came up with her cool idea and turned it into a business? Listen in to find out how. Welcome to Women Inspired. I'm your host, Lindy Ugalo, and today we're going to be speaking with my guest, Layla Laura, who is an intuitive guide and energy worker. Welcome, Layla. Thank you, Linda. Thank you so much for having me. So we actually go back a number of years. A lot of years. A lot of years. <laughs> I, I know your family yeah. quite well. I've danced with your mother. I farmed with your father. Absolutely. <laughs> but what you have developed in your work today is something that happened when I wasn't looking. Yeah. And I'm so excited to find out about what you're doing right now. Thank you. So give us a, a little rundown. All right. So what I help to people, what I help with is um, people who are stuck, right? So people who are stuck and who have tried everything. What does it mean? Like stuck is stuck like... Stuck as in you're stuck with work, stuck with um, your relationship with money, stuck with your relationship with your father, your daughter, stuck with um, your romantic partner, stuck with anxiety, depression. And you know, you've gone to a doctor, you've gone to a therapist, you've gone to a personal coach, you've done it all, right? So many of my clients have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to do so many things. And then they come to me and the difference is that I can identify what the energy is that is keeping them stuck. And um, so that's what I do. Wow. <laughs> so when people come to you, do they work with you for length of time or? Yeah. Like how does, has it like, let's say I feel stuck in um, something that I'm doing and I come to you, how, like, what, how would you work with me? Like how would you determine what needs to happen? Well, so I am intuitive, so everything I do through guidance. And so, you know, one person can come in and it'll be like, you know, come back in five weeks. And one person, it's like, you need to come back next week. So, you know, I stay true to the individual and what they need. However, it is a, um, it's a process. So, you know, it's kind of like an onion, right? So you take off one layer and then there's the next layer. So it's definitely, it's similar to therapy, similar to coaching, but I do the energetic aspect of identifying and helping them clear what's keeping them stuck. Mm -hmm. in their lives. Mm -hmm. And so what are some of the outcomes that people experience? Mm, let's see, right now my favorite story, just because I'm so in love with this, this beautiful baby, um, would be a woman who came to me um, who was around 41 and she had had six, seven miscarriages, gone to another practitioner who did similar work, still had another miscarriage. And um, you know, she was really set on having a child. And so she came to work with me and the guidance for her because, you know, our highest self, the divine, whatever you want to say it, is interesting and gets us to really surrender. For her, it was kind of like, well, we don't know. You know, we don't know if you're going to be able to have a kid. And um, it was this really unclear path, but something inside of her had this faith in, and such a strong desire in becoming free of either her obsession with Obsession, strong desire, I feel like obsession is not a nice word, but strong desire to have a child. And she, so she either wanted to be relieved of this obsession or she wanted to have a child. And so we worked together frequently for two and a half, three months. And you know, so she's about to get in vitro. 
And, you know, two days before, she's naturally pregnant. Wow. And now she has a beautiful four-month-old baby girl. Oh, that's so exciting. Right? Yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Yeah. So something about letting go of the attachment yeah. and helping someone to... It's letting go of the attachment. It's also the, you know, so we have if you're open to it. We have multiple lives, right? Multiple incarnations. And there are traumas that occur in other lives, if you're open to it, um, that, you know, really can affect this life. Mm -hmm. And so if someone has had died in childbirth in another life, it will affect how they're living this life, whether it's that they don't have children, that they have difficulty having children and keep on miscarrying um, several abortions. Um, you know, have a child, have a complete disconnect. I had that personally. Um, let's see, what other ways? There's so many ways it can affect your life. You can be fearful of having a child or have a child and then you lose yourself. There's so many ways that just that one little thing. And so we have all these patterns, all these experiences, whether it's in this life and it's just those strong emotions. Um, but in this life, you have a strong emotion. When you're a child, you don't feel loved, right? And this emotion just becomes so strong. And if that child really identifies with it, what it does is it becomes this energetic magnet, right? So we have our physical body, and then here all around us is an energy body that contains so much information it's you know not really oh it's not even tangible or measurable but there are these little energy magnets right and so what i do is i help identify it i see it i feel it and i kind of poke at it and feel it out in someone's system and then what i do is i help them release it and um so you're saying that these in the work that you do that these energy magnets that are in this kind of field that surrounds us yeah. are represent those places that are stuck those places that are stuck right and sometimes there's a lot of little magnets and that's why it's more of a process versus being like oh we're just gonna take out this one thing and it's gone I found out through my own process that there are always these other little things that were keeping things in place and had to keep digging okay so you've mentioned a couple of times your own process okay. I want to know now <laughs> So how, like, what is the backstory here? How did you get into this? Why this work? Um, well, so, let's see. First of all, even since you knew me as a little, as a young kid, so like 12 or so, I had, I definitely struggled with emotional stuff. I had a very uh, uh, turbulent emotional world. Um, I didn't really have a desire to be alive by age 12. and. Um, I navigated through like a lot of things, through disconnecting with myself, through whether substances or just not being present in my body. Um, later on in life, you know, I found out I did have some childhood trauma. Um, and so, you know, then there was also, you know, I was diagnosed with bipolar at one age. I was diagnosed with CPTSD. What's that? Complex PTSD. Oh, complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, you know, so I had all these diagnoses. And then I was 
26. Like, you can't even imagine the amount of things people were constantly trying to figure out what's wrong with this girl, right? And so I'm going to doctors, healers, everybody. Um, 26, it was, oh, you have Lyme disease and nobody's diagnosed you for 20 years, right? And um, so I had to do all these IV therapies to get, like, my cognitive functioning back. And um, so it's been this insane ride, right? And no matter what I did, yeah, go ahead. Go on. Um, so no matter what I did, if it was um, going to a doctor, going to a healer, going to whoever, psychiatrists, on and off since I was five, everything, nothing switched, you know, and the line was coming out, but I still, you know, I wasn't working. I was pretty much homeless aside from the grace of other people. And, um, you know, finally I went to this guy, John Wyrick. Uh, who does this work called Naroda Karma Healing? And it's called Naroda Karma Healing. Uh huh. And he, you know, he tapped on my head and he identified some karmas, and you know, things started shifting for me, right? And so, you know, I had gotten a, I had a tiny, tiny part-time job, and when I say part-time, I'm talking ten hours a week, right? Um, after that, and then. Um, you know, that fall, things still weren't shifting enough, but I, was, I, I knew things were changing inside of me. Uh, it wasn't at my speed I would liked it to be, but they were changing inside of me, and I was really intrigued. And, um, you know, in our sessions, John would always say to me, he's like, you know, you could do this work. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So, um, so I tried going back to school. That didn't work. It's just not my brain just doesn't function even just in a normal like setting of sitting down and trying to read something. I just don't absorb information that way. I'm more of a feeler perceiver, right? And um, so I tried going back to school and that didn't go through. So after a month I was like, this doesn't work. And I was like, you know what, John, I know your class where I started, but can I please you know, come in, I'll do an exchange with you. So I started the class and within uh, so that was November. By April, May, I was granted the ability to start my own practice because I just was a natural at it. I just got it. It was like it was like coming home to myself. Mm -hmm. And you know, there were all these patterns, and you know, he's a very specific way of doing things. And um, there were all these things, and I just knew them. Like I just knew. And that that was part of the thing when I was a kid that nobody else. I didn't understand, nobody else could understand, is that, you know, like, I feel what other people feel. I'm an empath, right? Um, I feel, you know, what's going on in the rest of the world. The moon is highly effective on me, you know, it's just like this pull, and it just brings me everywhere. And, um, and I know things. I know when I look at someone, you know, I feel their deepest desire, the deepest desire of their heart, and it's so beautiful, and, you know, and it's such a blessing to be able to see this desire, know that it's totally capable of happening, you know, if not something better. And it's just like if they're willing to go through the process of digging through the ak, those like things that we just don't want to feel, those things we don't want to think, those things that we don't want to remember, those things that we don't even know why they affect us, but we're just like, I don't know, I am so obsessed with this thing, but I'm so obsessed with this thing. And maybe it's because in another life they did that thing, right? Or they didn't complete that thing, and they're obsessed, right? And so, yeah, I feel like I just totally got off track, but I just, you know, like, I love what I do. It's this amazing ability, and, um, and I didn't know that 
part of the reason I felt so like insane when I was growing up. Like, because I felt I just didn't feel like crazy because people always invalidated what I said. That's right. Yeah, I was at a um, positive psychology conference in France last year that I was presenting at, oh, and in one of the of the sessions that I attended, they spoke about how we can have certain strengths. Mm. But if our environment doesn't either value or recognize them, yeah. that there's no possibility of living from them. Yeah. It's only when you, are, you find yourself in an environment where it's, it almost needs to resonate. It's kind yeah. of like, let's say somebody has very strong leadership qualities, but they're also humor. Full. Yeah. You know, they might be a class clown in school, <laughs> and that might be great if their teacher values that. Yeah. But if not, that can be so, uh, you know, traumatizing because they'll be always spending time in the principal's office and they'll be put down for it. Yeah. So it's incredible and wonderful to finally, <laughs> unbeknownst to you, fall into a place that is able to reflect back to you what your strengths are, which are really not highlighted in our society oh, yeah, very much. So <laughs> it really does take a special environment to find yourself in to be able to see yourself recognized. Yeah. That's really great. Now you said one wo uh, word a couple of times that I've heard a lot, I'm sure people have heard a lot, and I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit about karma. All right, so karma, people think, like, I feel like most people are like, oh yeah, karma, so I did something bad, but something bad's gonna happen to me. But karma is actually more so just a trauma. That's something you experience, right? So when I was talking about the energy magnet, it's just an experience where you identify with it, and you identify with the feelings, the situation. Um, who did it to you? Was it, you know, a mother? Was it a father? Was it your sister? Was it your daughter? And, you know, you can then in this life you can take off those roles and you can get everybody else meshed up in it, right? What do you mean by that? <laughs> so you can, let's say, instead of mother, daughter, the love object that's a woman is a primary female love object, right? And so every time, let's say a man has a thing with their mother, every time they're engaging with a woman, the, maybe some of these unmet needs they have with this primary female love object are getting, you know, put on to who, whatever female they're interacting with. That's what I mean by that. Yeah, it can get it can get sticky and it can get icky, and sometimes we don't know like, what? Why do I need your attention? You know, or um, you know, why am I so sensitive to this person? My mom used to be able. To, I love my mom, but like my mom used to be able to make me cry in like under a minute, but I didn't understand that it was just I had an imprint vulnerability to her. I was just brought into this world, vulnerable to this woman, you know, and. Um, and it's just so interesting how these things impact us. And I see with clients all the time, you know, I have a client who uh, their father passed about six months ago and they spent their entire life terrified, petrified of this man. Like, um, just so traumatized. And in this life, you know, yes, he could be irritable and all this stuff, but not to the degree that she felt this. And 
and we worked together. She also had some mental health stuff, which now, you know, she's on like a super low dose of medication for this. And, um, you know, over this past year or so, she was able to, I'm sorry, that was like two years ago. So over the, that year, she was able to deconstruct her relationship with her father and the things in this life and things from other lives that were affecting her ability to feel safe. And by the time it was time for him to pass, she was actually able to be there, hold space for him, help him move on. Mm. And, uh, so it must have been very healing. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's lovely for her. So I'm curious on the business side of this. All right. <laughs> so you were, after X number of months working with John Wyrick, mm -hmm. you were given the go-ahead to open your practice. Like, how do you start a practice in this kind of a field? How did you get going oh, and get traction? Wow. Um, so, you know, I just, it's simple little things like, you know, you go to the town and you register your business and my mom has a yoga studio so I started seeing clients there and uh, I'm really proud to say um, I have a completely referral-based business. This is something I've manifested. I don't ask for referrals. Um, they come to me and it's been, it's just shy of two years and I just left. I had two other jobs so that, because I don't like worrying about the money, right? I never look at a client as money. Um, it's just yucky. Uh, so <laughs> what I did was I worked really hard and right now, literally a week ago, I stopped working my other jobs. And now I just do this because I have you know, too many clients to keep up with and keep my own self-care up. That's incredible. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah. But it's not your typical business story because I don't market. I've, I tried it when I first started. Like, I put up some flyers and I think one client came to me. Mm -hmm. So, but you must have done something to get your initial clients. What did you do? You sent out emails to your friends, let them know what you're up to, or what, what did you do? Um, so people saw me in my own process. So um, my first, oh, no, that's not true. So yeah, my first paying client had, was, practiced yoga with me at a studio. And she had seen me after not seeing me for a long time. And she was like, you look amazing. How are you doing? What are you doing? And I told her, I was like, oh, well, you know, I'm starting to see clients. I've been doing this work. And she was telling me how she had gone to see an astrographer, right? So somebody who they, you know, similar to astrology, a little different. But, and how they said that in June, she was going to meet someone who was going to completely change her life around. And it's like wrapping up towards the end of the month and there she is talking to me. And she had always, apparently, she had always kind of watched me, watched my process. You know, um, I was dealing with like a lot of trauma stuff at that time when I was doing a lot of yoga. And, um, you know, she watched me through my thing and she saw me from being like really, you know, like crying during my practice to like glowing and like bouncing around. <laughs> like, I want some of what you yeah. got, right? <laughs> I'll take what she's having. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's how I got her. Another client was, I just talked to them. Yeah, you know, I think it, it would just be people who would end up in my path, and it was a slow process. And then people would have this experience, and then they'd tell other people about it. Mm. And it just piled on, piled on, piled on. And now, you know, I have clients in Puerto Rico, I have a 
uh, I just started with a client in the Netherlands. So you're working online as well now, not just. In I actually only work remotely. At oh, this you only point. work remotely. Yeah. So do you? Is but do you see them on Skype? Is it on video call or? Yeah. So either Skype or by phone. What happened was, is I originally did it in person, and then I found that. So it's kind of like looking at a picture. If you're looking at a picture really close up, you're like, oh yeah, I kind of see it. Whereas like if you step back, you get to see this grand view. You get to see all these more more details, more feeling of what's going on in it, for me at least. Mm -hmm. And so what I found out when I started Skyping with some clients who were from out of state was that, oh my goodness, I'm getting so much more information. I see so much clearer from this. And so eventually I just transitioned because it's a higher quality service. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's really what matters. Wow. That's so awesome. <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it's fun. So like, do you think that there's, like you, you're seeing clients, is there anything else on the horizon for you that you're looking towards? Um, so, you know, groups come into the idea. I mean, I've done group clearings before and it can be fun, but I like the one-on-one. -on -one. Yes. So maybe groups at some point if it gets like really exciting again. Mm -hmm. um, but the other thing I have something going on is that uh, creating my own bath and um, bath mixes slash body scrubs mm. that ha are integrative. So they help integrate people's energetic field, and you know they also you know are just good for your skin and detoxing. So. Mm -hmm. That sounds lovely. Yeah. Actually, yeah. <laughs> So it's fun, you know, a nice little reset. Yes, and also it it would allow people to tangibly take the work that they've just had with you yeah. and get into a bath or something yeah, like that. Absolutely. And, and to, as you say, to integrate and to take that time to um, continue whatever is reverberating from the work and that, that can't help but help. Exactly, yeah. and that's the thing is that most of the time energy work can be really, um, for lack of a better word, like destabilizing to the structure, mm -hmm. right? So you're taking out all these things. I happen to have studied with a woman, Regina Shulman, who does this core integrative work. She's a student of someone else, but you know she's been my mentor. And um, so over time, I was able to learn how to do all this like integrative aspects of it and teach other people's energy structures how to do it for themselves. I try to really allow other people's structures to do the work. I just kind of witness it more so. Um, but the thing was in the beginning before I, you know, I had my practice down spot on, there was a need for more integration. And so I would do a similar type of bath. This is a, what I'm getting now is a different type of mix, but um, I would do that in the beginning so that people would have a gentler ease into this like new existence, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, because they are creating new neural pathways, a new yeah. way of being in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, we do very similar work in different ways, but yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think what you cool. do is incredible. Yeah. So what would you advise to somebody who feels like they can't find the right fit for themselves in the world, like you had experienced? Like if you were to advise yourself, I don't know, five years ago or however long you pick, yeah. Like, what would you tell yourself back then? 
that you could maybe say to someone now who's like really kind of struggling to find their place? Come to see you, of course, but. Yeah, but well, I mean, of, no, that's what I'm really thinking. I'm like, well, there was this karma where it was like uh, purpose and earning work purpose and earning money it was like separated right so i couldn't earn money for my purpose right it sounds strange but anyways the point is is that like aside from that if you just keep on following your heart i think your heart always leads you mm. home it's just we you rarely listen to our heart mm. we're listening to like this and this mm -hmm. is really noisy but that's also really interesting what you just said mm. that you had a separation between the, your purpose and feeling like you could earn money for that. Yeah, no, and it wasn't just a feeling. I mean, it was actually this big energetic It wasn't energetic happening. It wasn't chunk, happening. Yeah. yeah, and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that <laughs> yeah. because there are a lot of people who subscribe to the idea of, oh, I want to do something that feels purposeful yeah. and that I'm passionate about, but can I do that? Can I make money that way? And maybe I don't believe I can or I was told I couldn't or yeah. Society tells me you can, you you know, the starving artist or, you Exactly. Know? Oh, yeah. No, and it's huge. It's a huge thing. And also sometimes it's also kind of like, what's the lineup? Because I think also sometimes people get misconstrued with what they really want. Mm. You know, it's kind of like, where are you choosing from? Mm. But, yeah. Well, I'm just noticing that we are, <laughs> oh, this was so fun talking. I, I lost know. track of time, but I've got my wild card box. Right. I'd love for you to pick a card and okay. just riff on it. Right. What it means to you. Sure. Ooh, celebration. I like that one. Um, celebration. Celebration is just such an important thing. I think that everyone on a day-to-day -day basis is working so hard, right? Like, we, our society just goes at such a quick pace. And it's just so important to take moments to whether it's to celebrate where you're at today or what you've achieved or the things you haven't achieved but being awesome to yourself even mm. if you haven't achieved it mm. um, yeah I think celebration is a really important thing I think that in our society it's something that it's kind of like um, it's thought of in a different way but I think that there's sacred celebration and I think that's really important and it's just acknowledging yourself and where you've what you're doing kind of a self-care it sounds like yeah it is I think celebration is absolutely self-care you know you, should, you know if you're in a relationship you should have date night every week if you're you know if you're on your own you should buy yourself roses I think it's just celebrating being mm. because it's really an amazing and here we are and here we are we as well celebrate it yeah <laughs> you are <laughs> Well, this has been very inspiring to me. It's given me all kinds of thoughts about places where I may be stuck, <laughs> might be calling you up. And, and I'm just delighted to hear about, you know, this very, very helpful work that you are providing to people in the world. Thanks. One of the, you know, light workers helping people get a handle on things that are not really tangible, yeah. that they don't find answers to readily, and there you are to help. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank Thanks so much for coming on to our show <laughs> and listening into our conversation with Layla Laura.
Thank you so much, Linda. And if you are liking these interviews, please tune in to the next episode. Thank you for listening to Women Inspired. The show is recorded live in the studios of Bedford TV in Massachusetts. Music courtesy of Sheik Gamin. If you like this episode, please leave a review or comment. You can subscribe to the podcast in iTunes or watch all the TV episodes of Women Inspired with the show notes and links at www.lindayugalo.com forward slash TV.